This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. It looks like one of those scenes of an old building being purposely dynamited and blown. When we are successful. I'm just a patsy. And we will be. We're ready to make, uh, to come to the microphone, so we'll listen up. A new world order. So my name's Robbie Parker. It might have appeared that way, but from my close-up inspection, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the attacks of September the 11th. President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Live from the Media Broadcasting Center. 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 This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal, where I'm very pleased to have as my special guest, Gary King, who's been looking into the Orlando shooting. And Chance, I, I, I do want to begin actually with slide 13, if, if we have that handy. The, the, the reason for being, yeah, excellent, thank you. There are lots of reasons for being skeptical, even though the major media are all reporting the same thing, it turns out that all of the news is provided by six corporations. So although there are 14 independent newspapers that are part of the Associated Press, all of the Associated Press, uh, all the news provided by the six corporations comes to them from either the Associated Press or Reuters. And get this, Reuters owns the Associated Press and in turn, Reuters is owned by Rothschild's banking empire. So what that means is all the news we get actually is not from independent sources, but uh, at least 95%, uh, where the difference, of course, is the alternative news that maybe ekes out perhaps 5% of the total. And therefore, you have the opportunity from shows like this to gain some insight and understanding. Now, reasons for being skeptical about Orlando are multitudinous, but especially we know from past experience with, for example, Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing, that things are not always as they are presented as being. And indeed, uh, Paul Craig Roberts, as we see in the very first slide here, do Americans live in a false reality created by orchestrated events? Uh, where Paul Craig Roberts is, is uh, our nation's leading public intellectual, was expressing concern over the evidence that he had encountered, actually through my work, as it happens, that Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing were staged, were, were artifacts, were not genuine, that no one actually died either at Sandy Hook or at the Boston bombing. Now, when I say that about the Boston bombing, I mean to make exceptions for persons who may have died in relation to, as opposed to at the Boston bombing. It's very clear, and I'll give a minor refresher here, that what happened in Boston, as far as the bombing is concerned, was a completely staged event, even using amputee actors, uh, fake blood, and believe it or not, uh, a, a smoke machine where Nathan Folks, a Hollywood producer-director, was not only the first, 
to observe that a key player in these events, a tall fellow wearing a cowboy hat whose name is Carlos Arredondo, was an actor he cast in one of his own films, but that it appeared to him they'd actually use a smoke machine. And after digging through lots and lots of footage, we came up with a photograph of the smoke machine, which I thought was important enough to put on the back cover of And Nobody Died in Boston either. But that doesn't mean that nobody died, period. Nobody died in the marathon bombing, which was all elaborately staged. But rather, we do have the report of an MIT security guard who was supposed to have been shot. Uh, by Zoker, the official account claims it's possible they seem to have known each other that Zoker, hearing he was wanted, sought to turn himself into the security guard uh, who wound up in the process, not by Zoker, being shot. Uh, also, of course, we know uh, Tamerlan, uh, Zoker's older brother, died uh, while he was in police custody. Zucker was blamed, but it was absurd because we all saw the footage where he was stripped naked and put into the back of a police vehicle, and only subsequently does he turn up dead. And we have a witness who reported watching him driven over three times by the police. Zucker clearly didn't do it. And in addition, we know the point that has been emphasized by John Remington Graham, who's a retired professor of law, when I shared with him all the proof we had that this was uh, fake and sought his opinion about which was more, most forceful, pointed to the backpack evidence because the FBI report uh, on the bombing as well as the indictment for Zoker both state that the bombing was done. The, bombing, the bombs that exploded were in black nylon backpacks. Now, it happens that the footage the government created, I mean, this shows their incompetence, of the young men at the marathon showed neither of them was wearing a black nylon backpack. So the government's own evidence, although there's reason to believe it was uh, completely fabricated or photoshopped, contradicts the government's conclusion. And when I asked uh, John Remington Graham about this, he said he felt that was the most dispositive because since the backpacks don't match, there was no probable cause for an arrest, much less an indictment or a conviction at trial. And indeed, we know that the where the black nylon backpacks came from, namely the Kraft International personnel who were there on Boylston Street in abundance, khaki trousers, black jackets, black baseball caps with a skull insignia, where the motto of Kraft is violence does solve problems. We have photos of Two crap personnel approaching one of the locations where a bomb went off. One is wearing a black nylon backpack with a white square. The bomb that goes off is in a black nylon backpack with a white square. He's rushing away, no longer wearing a black nylon backpack with a white square. Now you'd think if the alternative media could have cracked the case by the evening of the event, that so could the police and the Boston authorities. But they all appear to have been complicit. So, you know... Paul Craig Roberts is right on top of this, it seems to me. And just to take us back to Sandy Hook for a brief review, Chance, if we could return to slide number one, that would be perfect. Here we have an aerial photograph of Sandy Hook School and its parking lot. And if not, 
This single photograph is absolutely devastating to the official account for multiple reasons. Uh, for one, uh, this was 2012, and federal and state laws uh, for parking and signage for disabled persons under the Americans with Disabilities Act had to have been implemented in 2007 and 2008. That would have included the familiar blue and white painted uh, parking areas and the blue and white signage for handicap only. Others will be towed, but we don't have that at Sandy Hook. And, of course, that reinforces the, the point that uh, I and my collaborators have made so clearly and so forcefully in the book, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, where I ha uh, offer the, the studies of a half a dozen uh, Ph.D. current or retired college professors and a half a dozen other experts on the case to establish that the school, in fact, had been closed by 2008 and that there was no students there and therefore no one for the sh shooter, Adam Lanza, to have shot. The whole thing is a total charade. We also, as most of you who follow the show will know well, discovered the FEMA manual for the two-day event with a rehearsal on the 13th going live on the 14th, where many of the participants became confused about the dates and even put up donation sites for survivors on the 13th, the day before the shooting, where Adam Lanza's original date of death was even initially recorded in the Social Security Death Index as having occurred on the 13th, making his feet in shooting 20 children and six adults the following day all the more remarkable. Well, here, look at this photograph from the 14th. Now, the ground temperature that day was 28 degrees Fahrenheit. That means... You could see automobile exhaust. You could see people's breath when they spoke. And you ought to have seen steam and heat rising from the building. But it was so long since the boilers had been used that they were decrepit and no longer functional. So what we have here is a cold school, uh, not a functioning school. Children could not have gone to school here because it wasn't even a heated building. So notice, you see an absence of any heat or steam rising from the building. In addition, notice the rows of cars in the middle. Now, they're all pointed facing the school. If you drove in from Dickinson Drive, and that was the only access route, then you'd have to take a right, as you can see very clearly, turn, go up the street, uh, up the parking lot, and then curl around and park facing away. But notice, none of those vehicles are parked facing away for the evident reason that it was just much simpler to load in the vehicles, bring them in in a single line, and park them all facing the school. So, yes, it was more convenient to set up the, the scene that way, using the automobiles as plots, but they thoughtlessly gave away what was going on, because this would be completely inappropriate if the school was actually functional and if persons actually had driven there. Now, if we let, take a look at the next slide, you'll see one of the indications, uh, again, another indication, again, that the school was not compliant with Americans for Disability Act requirements. All the entrances and exits would have had to have been made wheelchair accessible. Obviously, this exit entrance is not wheelchair accessible. Indeed, it would have been so expensive to upgrade the building, which had suffered serious damage from hurricanes in the past, 
and was loaded with asbestos and other biohazards, that the school board had to deliberate whether it was worth the money involved in upgrading to be compliant with Americans for Disability Act requirements or not. And they chose not to do it, which is how Sandy Hook came to be an abandoned school and how easily we can prove that to be the case. But where for those who have sought to debunk our research on Sandy Hook, I have a, a, a blog, I mean, over and beyond everything found in the book, I have a blog on jamesfencer.blogspot.com entitled Debunking the Sandy Hook Debunkers Number One, Was It an Operating School? Where you can not only find evidence like that I'm presenting here and now, but videos of the inside and the outside of the school that really leave no doubt that this was a completely abandoned school. It was being used for storage. Uh, the bathrooms were not ADA compliant. They had taken out one of the commodes to try to fake it. But an expert plumber commenting on this said it was obviously uh, just to create the impression that something was compliant when, in fact, it was not. Uh, over and beyond this mass of evidence, however, uh, as we see in the next slide, We have this very famous photograph that was taken by Newtown associate editor and photographer Shannon Hicks. Now, this photograph was sent around the world and appeared on virtually every newspaper. Uh, it was intended to create the impression of a string of kids, about 15 of them, being led away from the school by a policewoman. Now, most of the versions of this photograph that were sent around the world were cropped so that you could barely see the shadow from the individual on the left. But it turns out there's a second photograph, also taken by Shannon Hicks, which we can see in the next slide, number four, that reveals the presence of parents there with their arms folded, looking on as the policewoman actually rearranges the kids to get a better shot. Now, it's fairly stunning to discover this. Does anyone imagine that during an emergency evacuation when a shooting is taking place and lots of children and adults are being murdered by this uh, semi-demented young man, Adam Lanza, uh, that anyone would have uh, stopped to rearrange the kids to get a better shot or thought to call parents thinking to themselves, gee, we must get some parents down here? And since there were 489 students allegedly there, according to the official report by state, uh, uh, Connecticut State's attorney Stephen Sedensky in his final report, I mean, who would they have called? Who would have thought? And why would they just be looking around here with their arms folded and so forth while she rearranges the kids? And if you look in the background there, uh, it turns out, no, not yet, but it, there are a couple of uh, uh, women in the background who are just looking on so casually that I refer to this photograph as lounging at the massacre. And where this photograph was evidently taken prior, temporarily prior, before the second, so that the policewoman rearranged the line. So here you have the, you know, the little girl in pink here. I'll, I'll come back to this point. Yes, the next slide chance is just fine, where Shannon Hicks acknowledges taking both of the photographs because when I first encountered this one, I thought the woman in blue initially was Shannon Hicks taking the other. But she explained, no, she had taken them both. This one from further back, which was extremely revealing because it showed the parents, which we didn't have initially. 
And now if you go to the next slide, number six, you'll see an overt comparison between the strings of kids. And notice how in the photographs sent around the world, it's a little boy in a blue shirt and blue jeans uh, that is at the head of the line. In the other, taken earlier, it was a little girl in a pink sweater and a short skirt. So they reversed their positions, put the little boy in front. The little girl is way toward the back of the line. I mean, what more proof could you have that Sandy Hook was simply a fraud and a hoax? Whereas I have already mentioned, we have the manual for the event, the two-day event, even included as a first appendix to the book. Now, when you go to Boston, as we see in the next slide, number seven, uh, we know the police were calling out on bullhorns, this is a drill, this is a drill. The, the Boston Globe was tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off for the benefit of bomb squad activities, a second tweet that one would be set off in a minute in front of the public library, and one minute later, one of these bombs is set off in front of the Boston Public Library. There's noise and smoke, but take a look there. There is no blood. Now, you have bodies that are missing limbs, but if there is no blood, that is Lorraine Day, MD, who was the head of trauma surgery for San Francisco General Hospital for 25 years, has observed, this is a physiological impossibility. You can't have, have limbs blown off from bodies and there be no blood. If we look to slightly to the left, you'll see there's a young man in a hoodie who's actually helping to attach a false bone prosthesis to a man who would be identified as Jeff Bauman. It's uh, absolutely fascinating for this uh, to be taking place and for us to have captured it uh, in a series of photographs. If you next to the last, uh, look at slide number eight. The smoke is cleared. And you can see even more clearly that there is no blood. Look at the far left. You see the Jeff Bauman figure's got his head with a bone extension above uh, a, a black woman's uh, hair, but 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 there's no blood. With traumatic injuries like this, you have arteries and both legs severed. It would be pumping out blood. You'd be unconscious in one minute, dead in two. It took much longer than that to finally place him in a wheelchair. Look at slide number nine. You see now, here, finally, uh, the blood starts to show up, but it's not real blood. It's Hollywood blood. It actually came out of tubes. And right there, square dead in the middle, is uh, is uh, Jeff Bauman lifting his head up because he doesn't want to put it on a sidewalk. After all, people speak, spit on sidewalks, uh, showing us the bone extension, but, but it's not real blood. And when you go to the next slide, number 10, you see that, as a matter of fact, he's being rushed off in a wheelchair. And as I observed before, uh, it turns out that the vibrations cause the false bone extension to fall off. They have to stop and reattach it. Uh, we have also determined that Jeff Bowman, number one, is missing the little finger on his left hand. It just so happens that a former Army lieutenant by the name of Nick Voigt in, in Afghanistan lost both the lower part of his both legs and his little finger. So Jeff Bellman, number one, shown here, has both of his legs blown off below the knees and the little finger missing from his left hand. The next slide, number 11, shows Jeff Bellman, number two, at a Boston Bruins game just 19 days later. This is an impossibly brief period of time if he's actually just lost his legs. And now notice they're missing above the knee. 
This is Jeff Bowman, number two, who has all 10 of his fingers and now has his legs missing above the knee. I thought that was it for Jeff Bowman's and his imposters until Gary King, my guest this evening, uh, pointed out to me there was actually a Jeff Bowman, number three, who is being wheeled out here in a baseball game by none other than Carlos Arredondo, whom, whom Nathan folks had identified as the actor he cast in his own films. And Jeff Bauman, number three, has all of his fingers, but no legs at all, not even his thighs. And thus I published an article on my blog entitled Proof the Boston Bombing Was Staged in, in three steps, number one, number two, number three, referring to Jeff Bowman, number one, number two, and number three. So as we find in, in, in slide number 13, just to refresh, Paul Craig Roberts was impressed by our evidence and began speculating whether Americans live in a false reality created by orchestrated events, to which the answer appears to be emphatically yes. I've just discovered, by the way, in slide number 14, that James Tracy, was a leading expert on Sandy Hook, discovered that uh, before the Orlando mass casualty, uh, the, the Orlando event here of uh, Sunday night uh, around 2 a.m., that there'd actually been a previous casualty drill in Orlando in late 2015, uh, which appears to have been a precursor. They like to conduct these drills to set things up. Uh, in order to know how to fake it. In other words, they, they were bringing in uh, victims here, fake victims here, uh, to this Orlando hospital who seemed to have blood and gore. Uh, they are all actors. It was all fake, but they got the idea, the hang of it, as what they ought to do to perform. And now we see in the next slide, number 15, yet another uh, blog from Paul Craig Roberts, the Orlando shooting. And here he's explaining why we have to forgive him if he's a bit skeptical. But he'd like to see some body, he'd like to see some real blood. Uh, he finds it difficult to imagine that given the ubiquity of cell phones and cameras on cell phones, that there weren't photographs being taken inside the club. And that, of course, is an excellent point. And as Gary is going to explain, there's a tremendous amount of evidence that goes much, much further in terms of exploring the possibility that this was another, yet another stage event. If you go down to the number 16, you find the New York Times story. And let me just reiterate some of the elements that are supposed to accompany this event. It was an attack on a gay bar or club that left 50 dead and 53 injured. Uh, the shooter was a, a Muslim who called out Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. He was using an AR-15 or an assault rifle, such as the one that Adam Lanza was alleged to have used at Sandy Hook. He actually, in the midst of all this, made a phone call to 911 to the police, pledging his loyalty to ISIS, one of the manifest absurdities, and claiming he was inspired by the Boston bombers. Well, if he was another uh, actor, you know, the Boston Bombers actually were patsies who were framed by the government. This this guy, if he's real, uh, would appear to have been a more active participant than were they. Just to mention a few general considerations, Florida, of course, is a swing state, very important in the forthcoming election. Uh, the mayor of Orlando turns out to be an adamant 
uh, a proponent of gun control. He thinks guns should be taken away from people. Uh, commentators observed that political correctness seems to be affecting threat assessments at the highest level of our government, especially that of Barack Obama and his associates. Interestingly, uh, an anti-terrorist expert from the Israeli Defense Forces spoke out why this would never happen in Israel. He said because the security there was so great that as soon as this shooter started shooting, he'd be shot dead himself, which I interpreted as being a, uh, a rather strong endorsement that there should be more guns out there, not fewer. And, and of course, then we have <clears throat> the former Israeli ambassador to the United States by the name of Michael uh, Corrin, and I think he's in the next slide, actually, if we go to slide number 17. Um, well, this is Obama giving his speech. Let me just talk about this briefly and come back to my, my, Michael uh, Corrin. Uh, Obama skillfully navigated these treacherous shoals by only talking about the, the, the group that was targeted and the type of weapon. He, he said it was an act of terror, an act of hate, but he said, we don't have any, any precise motivation of which we are aware. When this guy called out Allah Akbar, uh, made a 911 call to pledge his loyalty to ISIS, uh, the guy's a Muslim. I mean, how, how stupid could this be? It's in fact very crafty in the part of Barack Obama because he doesn't want to admit that Muslims uh, could be terrorists, which, which depending on exactly who staged this event, they may have muddled up because of all these considerations. But, but where it turns out that uh, it's inescapable to discover that Islam, in Islam, there are quite a few, there are major ten elements of Islam that, that, uh, believe that homosexuality is an offense in God's eyes. If you look at the next slide, for example, you'll find among the basic tenets of Islamic practice are that you cannot consume alcohol at all, period. Uh, that you cannot have sex outside of marriage, period. And virtually on the same level, that homosexuality is an abomination. Here you have a leading Islamic cleric, a sheikh, Quaradri of the Muslim Brotherhood stating the punishment of homosexuality is the death penalty. So that's pretty stunning because now you have uh, Hillary Clinton, for example, going out and using this event to try to promote gun control. Uh, and, of course, to speak uh, kindly about the, our, our gay, the gay members of our society, uh, uh, while she wants to embrace Muslims without ever acknowledging that in, in Islam, uh, homosexuality is an offense where in the eyes of many uh, Muslims, it's punishable by death. How you reconcile that with warm, open, fuzzy feelings about Muslims, including immigrants, is beyond me. I mean, think about the extent to which Muslims have been demonized by the government and the mass media. Uh, it turns out that... Uh, 9-11 was the responsibility of Muslims, according to the official story. The Boston bombing was the responsibility of Muslims, according to the official story. San Bernardino, where incidentally we've even discovered the Craigslist ad for extras, was the responsibility of Muslims, according to the official story. Charlie Hebdo was the responsibility of Muslims. We have a photograph showing a car actually parked on an X in the street so that the field of vision from the surveillance camera would be maximal or opportune. 
And when a police officer lying on the sidewalk is shot in the head, it doesn't explain, ex- explode like a melon. And where a witness reported seeing the police come by and put down the blood later, another staged event, supposed to be the responsibility of Muslims, another staged event. ISIS is supposed to be bad Muslims, but we know it was by the Defense Intelligence Agency in 2012 to put pressure on Assad government after Obama failed in his effort to use the, the gassing of civilians in Syria as a justification when Russia presented a 50-page dossier that showed it had been done by the rebels, not by the Assad government. And where, of course, Iran is supposed to be run by bad Muslims. How many times do I have to explain that Iran has not been pursuing nuclear weapons, that all 16 of our own intelligence agency reached that conclusion in 2007, reaffirmed it again in 2011. In 2012, even the Mossad arrived at that conclusion. Uh, and uh, just three weeks before Bibi Netanyahu went to the United Nations and affirmed precisely the opposite. Uh, plus the sanctions on Iran and Iraq before it, which led to the death of 500,000 Iraqi infants, or violations of Article 33 of the Geneva Conventions of 1949, which preclude which preclude punishing any person for a crime they did not personally commit. These uh, these sanctions are collective punishment, for qu- properly qualify as war crimes. So it's simply incredible to me that even the members of the United States Senate don't seem to know the basics of international law and what does or does not qualify as a war crime. I wrote to 97 members of the United States Senate making the points I've just made and received a response from one about an irrelevant issue. I mean, that's how bad it's gone with the Senate of the United States. Now, here's a most interesting article uh, that will, uh, from a website entitled, Not All There Is, Not All There Is, where uh, I don't actually know the name of the author of this blog, but his arguments are extremely good. Now, he makes some points like the following, that uh, initial reports included highly dubious claims. For example, the club allegedly posted a warning on its Facebook page when the shooting started. Who was this supposed to warn? People already at the club? Why not use those precious seconds to call the police instead? It, it appears to be a way of fabricating evidence that something was going on by making a, a stupid post that couldn't possibly be responded to in a timely manner on the website. A mother claims that her son sent her text messages during the attack. He texted her at 2 a.m. Was she awake at 2 a.m., he asked, and told her to call the police. He had a cell phone with which he could have called the police himself that he was using to text his mother. Why text her at 2 a.m. instead of calling the police himself? This is another example of, you know, stupid faking of evidence to try to support an attack that appears not to have gone down as claimed. He then goes on to describe hiding in a bathroom as the gunman enters. In his, if, if, is this what you would do? Send text messages as the gunman approaches you? Then he sends a final text indicating he was about to be killed. The mother heard nothing after that. This is totally unbelievable. I actually saw her on television tonight, and I simply think they're finding better grades of classes of, of crisis actors than we've seen in the past. Gene Rosen, for example, another illustration, 
where Gene, it turns out, not only was an actor, but had given talks promoting gun control for FEMA before the events at Sandy Hook, claimed that a bus driver dropped off five kids at his house, which is immediately adjacent to the firehouse. I've seen it myself. When we have no evidence that any buses were actually involved there, there was no evacuation taking place. And why would a bus driver drop off five kids at a home of someone who was not their parent or custodian? Gene Rosen claimed he'd heard shots before coming from the school, but he had not called 911. He said he took the kids in and gave them cookies and orange juice and uh, let them play with his animals. What's a man of his age doing with stuffed animals? The whole thing is bizarre beyond belief. Certainly totally uh, unbelievable. The initial reports say the gunman had an AR-15. It's always the same gun in these mass shootings and a handgun. It estimates there were about 320 people in the club when the shooting started. The gunman managed to shoot more than 100 people, one out of three, and kill more than 50% of everyone he shot. That's an amazing kill ratio. This guy was some incredible marksman. And he did this all without reloading? I mean, how many rounds are supposed to be carried in an AR-15. I mean, normally you'd think it would be a 30-round magazine, but he's he's shooting all over the place and seemingly without end. And if he did reload, no one tried to jump him while he was out of bullets? Does anyone else think this sounds like a Hollywood action movie where the guns magically never run out of ammo and every bullet is a headshot? Those, I thought, were all simply excellent comments from this commentator, and we're going to get more uh, detailed reports like this from Gary King momentarily. And then finally here, according to the former Israeli ambassador to the United States, Michael Oren, uh, this is going to greatly strengthen Donald Trump's case. Remember, Donald has called for a temporary ban on Muslims entering the country. And while I've long believed that he would have been better off had he defined those he wanted to block temporarily in terms of region, Middle East instead of religion, Muslim, the fact that this uh, shooter is a Muslim, that Barack Obama is seeking to suppress it, and that Hillary Clinton is now going on a campaign to promote gun control and the protection of uh, the gay and lesbian community, uh, which most Muslims or many despise, seems to me to create an irreconcilable conflict in her position about all of this, where I expect that there's going to be a tremendous, strong response from Donald Trump, who's already been assailing both Hillary and Obama for not even being able to use the phrase uh, radical uh, Islamic terrorism, which they have not been willing to do in the past. I mean, it's completely stunning that we're in this situation where the president of the United States, who many believe, by the way, actually is a Muslim himself, and where we know that the director of the CIA, John Brennan, is a Muslim, has not been speaking out more forcefully, but it may be because of his own sense of loyalty to his own religion. This would not surprise me in the least. So uh, I meant all this as a preface, as an introduction for what Gary has to present. And I believe it may be that Chance is going to take the opportunity here of a break to switch to Gary's slide set. So this is Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal. We're taking an early break in order to make the transition to Gary King's slide set. We'll continue right after this break.
Moonrock Books. We're a group of scholars, experts, and authors who feel the world really needs saving and that resisting the American Empire is the right thing to do. People are starved for truth. They are given lies. They subsist on lies, but it's not really living. People are not watching TV news. They're ceasing to read newspapers, too, because they know by now they will not find it there. The biggest battle being fought anywhere is with information. If the people can receive the truth, they will do the right thing. We are publishing the truth about Sandy Hook, about the Boston bombing, about the moon landings, about the Holocaust, and much, much more. The truth. It falls upon us to fight the empire and save the world. Join us, Moonrock Books. invited me to join NBC and present video shows. I've been extremely impressed with his competence and professionalism, show after show after show, where we have been covering the most important issues of our time with the best experts available for your benefit and my edification as well. I've learned a great deal through these programs, and we must be having some success because the constant harassment and attacks that Chance has experienced right here on NBC are a backward compliment that we are making a difference. In order to continue to persevere, we need your help. We need new equipment, a new server, new computer. We can do it. We're not talking about a large sum of money, but anything you can contribute would be a tremendous help. And I'm going to reach into my pocketbook, too, to help with this most worthy effort. Thank you very much for any contribution you're able to make. This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade. It looks like one of those scenes of an old building being purposely dynamited and blown. When we are successful, I'm just a patsy, and we will be. We're ready to make, uh, to come to the microphone, so we'll listen up. A new world order. So my name's Robbie Parker. It might have appeared that way, but from my close-up inspection, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the attacks of September the 11th. President Kennedy 
died at 1 p.m. Live from the Media Broadcasting Center. 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 This is uh, Jim Fetzer, your host on The Real Deal, where my guest, Gary King, is here. With that introduction, uh, we want to explain why uh, we need to be very skeptical about what's going on in Orlando, notwithstanding the massive coverage coming from the media. Uh, Just remember... That same amount of massive coverage came from the media about Sandy Hook, and it's never retracted. That same amount of massive media coverage came from Boston, and it's never been retracted. Even through the publication of these books, the government has been unwilling to acknowledge that these were staged events for the simple reason that the government staged them. The government was responsible. They even went so far as to ban the book on Sandy Hook, where Jay Carney, formerly the White House spokesman, had gone to Amazon as senior vice president. When it went on sale on, on 22 October, uh, it was met very successfully, it sold nearly 500 copies in less than a month when it was banned on 19 uh, November. And be, because it was obviously a political, Amazon had 20 books on Sandy Hook, the other 19 which were not banned, all agreeing with the government's official position. Uh, but not as copiously documented and thoroughly researched by any stretch, obviously, as nobody died at Sandy Hook. So I immediately released the book for free to the public as a PDF. I was going on that night with Jeff Rance as his guest and explained uh, the measure I was taking. And it turns out there have been a huge number of readers as a consequence. One friend who monitors this suggests he's seen millions looking for the book. Google periodically revises the number downward. So whereas I might have expected to sell, oh, maybe four or 8,000 copies, now millions of people appear to have been able to read it. That PDF is still available, but if you want the bound volume, you can obtain that at Moon Rock Books, as well as the book about the Boston bombing. Gary, I'm so pleased to have you here tonight. Please do tell us where you picked up, how you got drawn into this, and what you found suspicious from the beginning. I was in Bay St. Louis trying to kick back at my beautiful place, and the next thing you know, mass shooting before anyone even woke up. It was a more like more or less an overnight thing, and I guess it, it, it became hilarious from the beginning because we had all the bases covered here, Jim. We had the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans com- community involved in this particular false flag. Not only that, we had uh, a Muslim involved, of course, and he was actually radicalized, is, is the word that they're using now. And um, the new catchphrase is self-radicalization is the new one. And, Jim, uh, as far as lone nut, I think they've finally given up the ghost on the lone nut. It's lone wolf now. Lone wolf. <laughs> Yeah. Well, nuts worn out. It's welcome. Yeah, it's just too many been, nuts here in America. Everywhere else in the world, it's invariably a conspiracy involving multiple parties. Uh, even at Charlie Hebdo, even at Paris, and uh, of course in Brussels too. So I think you make a good point there, Gary. And uh, this self-radicalization seems to occur because you go on the internet. If you have access to the internet, Gary, you're going to become self-radicalized. I mean, it's insane. Do they think that the, the freedom and democracy mean nothing? The Constitution can be outweighed by 
arguments from self-proclaimed radicals on the Internet? This is stupid beyond belief. They have another new word, though. I just call it it's inspired. Was he an inspired terrorism? Terror. So um, I guess on the political side, we've got Donald calling for a ban on Muslims, and we've got Hillary calling for a ban on assault weapons. So um, very perplexing. And uh, I know Chance is in the background. And Chance, I almost have to agree with you. That it's, well, uh, bear this in mind, Gary, that, that club was a gun-free zone. And they had people who were patting people down when they came into the gun, into the, into the club. And, of course, it's, uh, it's summer and it's hot and people are scantily clad. How could this guy with an assault weapon and a handgun have made his access route, which is something that was raised by the blog not all there? Yeah, I'm not sure if this means anything, but Christina Grammy, who was uh, one of the winners on The Voice, was uh, murdered the day before, only two to four miles away from We begin to believe that The Voice is just a big psyop unto itself. They do a lot of LGBT stuff on The, on the Voice, so it, it just smells from all directions. And then at the same time as the Orlando fiasco is going on, we had a active shooter drill inside Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts. So boy, they're just rolling up the dough with all these drills because you know how costly they are. There was another drill going on, mass shooter drill in California, all at the same time. So um, it's fairly obscene that they're conducting all these mass shooter drills. Uh, I mean, if society were normal, and and I have repeatedly publicized that gun violence has been dropping steadily over the last 20 years. I mean, it's simply ridiculous. Uh, I ought to have included this slide. But since uh, the 1990s, in 1993, there were 7.0 deaths per 100,000 from gun violence. By 2014, it had been more than cut in half to 34 where injuries from gun violence have dropped even more dramatically in 1993, 725.3 to 2014, 174.8. Why isn't Obama talking about the dramatic drop in gun violence? Obviously, politically, it is an expedient. He often talks about Chicago. Gary, I find that so ironic because Chicago has perhaps the most stringent gun law, gun laws in the nation. So, you know, that crime is going up reinforces the uh, a chapter I published in the first edition to wit, when guns are banned, crime goes up because you're taking <clears throat> weapons away from the law-abiding citizens and leaving them at the mercy of the gun-toting outlaw. 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 Gun-toting our Pride Month, and come to find out that the New Orleans Police Department are getting extra funding because there's uh, gay, gay pride activities for the rest of the month in New Orleans. So they're a little afraid, so they're going to beef up security. They've got FBI, CIA, the New Orleans Department. They've got the state police coming in. So you see how much money there is in, in, a, in a fake story of this, uh, of this magnitude? So, um, yeah, you can see why law enforcement uh, might be enthusiastic about supporting these stories if it's going to lead to increased pay for themselves. I mean, it's like a veritable bonanza. 
It's like privatizing these prisons. They turn out to little factories that use slave labor among the prisoners to make products and massive profits. I mean, uh, uh, private prisons like a privatized military are completely uh, uh, obscene proposals. Halliburton in Iraq made a lot of money when Cheney and Bush moved to privatized logistic support. And they constructed showers, for example, where loose electrical connections led to the electrocution of officers and men. So what's a commanding officer going to do when he discovers it was done wrong? Sue Halliburton in the middle of a military engagement? This whole idea of privatizing the military is simply the, the grossest form of stupidity I can think of in years. I'm going to make an announcement that I've ne- I've been hesitant to, to mention, but I believe it's possible, my father died when I was 16, that he was a CIA asset. My father worked for Slumberjay his entire life. There was no other company. And come to find out by a little research, there was a raid by E. Howard Hunt and and a few of his compadres, well-known names, that raided the Slumberjay Tool Company in Homa. And I remember being a little boy going to the home of Slumberjay. So what it was, that my father was an engineer, and he was in charge of the entire Gulf. And they would go out into the Gulf. So I can totally imagine that they, some of those boxes that they were putting on the ships to go out there had a little bit more going on than just you know, oil well tools. So well, That's pretty damn interesting, Gary. Maybe that's how your, your analytic, your sense of sniffing these things out comes about. You had good genes there from your dad. Yeah, my, my father worked for Slumberjay. That's the only company that I ever knew, period, until he passed away. At six, I was 16 when it happened, but um, anyway, God bless my father. All right, so we're going to roll on with the slideshow here. I'm going to uh, – last time, I'm aware that there's a little bit of a lag. So as I click on these things, I'm going to click on them a bunch of times, and we're going to try to not to go through them too fast. So here we go. All right. Dr. Fetzer, when you were talking about Sandy Hook and the, uh, the Boston Marathon, you were mentioning about the tweets. Now, it just it just appears that there cannot be a false flag without the tweets going out early. Now, this seems to be a very telling tweet here by the Orlando Police Department. It says, the Orlando Fire Department bomb squad and hazard materials Squad are were in attendance at the scene, reported the Associated Press. They were reporting Sunday morning that Gudman was still inside the building with explosive devices. But um, if I'm not mistaken, it happened on the 13th, and it looks like this tweet went out on the 12th. If if I'm reading it correctly, do you see that, Jim? Uh, I don't. I don't see the tweet. Has 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 Chance got the slides up? Click it a few times. Do y'all see it? Can y'all see my screen? I can't see it. Okay. I need to hit the screen. Okay, hold on. Yeah, there's another screen share button on the right. I think it's Gary. It says. There it is. There Uh you go. All right. Okay. Now now figure out, uh, you know, how to get it. Full screen with your slide set. There it is. Y'all can see it? Yeah, but you want to go to full screen with your slide set. Okay. Yeah, view, under view, under view, Gary. Yeah. Okay, so y'all can see me? Yeah, but it's not full screen, Gary. Well, I, I made it full screen over here. 
Um, let me see. Where it says view. See where it says view? Go to view and go down to up there at the top. My open office, it says file view. Go down view to full screen. It should be a full screen choice there. Yeah, I'll find it. Well, maybe not. It says zoom. Maybe zoom. Hit your zoom. Just give me a second. Yeah, hit the bottom and see if that won't do it. I'm not sure if that did anything. Okay, Gary, just go for it this way. That's all right. We got the idea. Okay, so uh, hopefully y'all can see the slide. But um, it says that the uh, bomb squad activities were were going on, and if you look at the slide, it says June uh, 12, 2016. So that was the day before. All right. Yeah. So as usual, we have an early tweet. Nothing new about that. This is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, next, we want to make sure that we have all of the bases covered. All right. So one of the problems we have here is that it's reported at 2 a.m. that there's a shooting going on. All right. This is by the Daily Mail reporting that it happened at 2 a.m. But, however, we have some more tweets here. Please tell the cops. Please tell the cops where the Pulse, Orlando, hiding in dressing room, there was a shooting. Only problem is this one looks to be two days early. If <laughs> You see it? June 11th. Yeah. Please, please tell the cops, you know, Pulse, Orlando, hiding. And then the one at the bottom is, is a day early. It says, never seen so many dead bodies on the floor. God is good that my friends and I didn't get shot the day before. Barry, this is so embarrassing. This is like the Boston Globe tweets, really, very much on a par. Yeah. I'm telling you, Jim, this one's hilarious. You you thought the Boston Marathon was was just the biggest hilarious joke of all time? I, I hate to tell you, I think it's this one. And, you know, they, they, they very soberly, you know, run the names and the photographs of all the alleged dead. And they made a peculiar little adjustment to the number 50 uh, reported yesterday saying they downgraded to 49 because they, they didn't want to include the shooter himself among the dead. McGarry was dead. He was among the dead. Uh, the only for that, I could think, was in retrospect when CNN put out the passenger manifest for those who had supposedly died in the plane crashes of 9-11, none of which took place. There was no name of any terrorist nor any Arabic person. So they tried to cover it by claiming that was only a victim's list. And so the airlines would have known who was a passenger and who was a who was a victim and who was a terrorist passengers aboard the plane. I mean, th- this just reaches the point of not absurdity, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, and if you add up the numbers of the dead and the not dead without the person, it adds up to 13. just has to do that. It's just one of those things. I want – I have a little factoid about the senator from – the senator – no, the congressman from Florida, who is also the space spaceman, Mr. – yeah, Senator Bill Nelson. 
He orbited the earth for six days. And he also was a congressman for six years. And he also was a state treasurer for six years. So just wanted to make sure that they get their numbers in there. I wanted to report that. Well, 666 six, six again, Gary. Every time. That's that's straight from Wiki, Wikipedia. You, you know, know that uh, Nancy Reagan, when they bought the retirement home, home for her and, and Ronnie, uh, the address 666, and she was so upset by that, she had it changed to 668. It's uh, if Chance wants to chime in, he's the numbers guy. There's a lot to these. Numbers. I have a little bit about numbers, but I really try not to get into them because they're a little difficult. So, all right, we're going to go on to the next one. It says authorities added that there was a controlled explosion inside. I can't see that, but um, and that there was an undertaking by law enforcement operatives. And have media controlled explosion uh, in the, in the venue. It says shots fired at Pulse Club, an LGBT nightclub in the city uh, in the early hours of Sunday. Staff at the venue posted on Facebook. Everybody leave Pulse and keep running. I mean, that's so they're playing <laughs> on. See, this is one fake report citing another. As though it were evidence. This is a common uh, operation among ops. You have one op making a report that's based upon what another op published, as though they were both credible sources. Yeah, they have thrown the full weight of the the mainstream media behind this hoax. I mean, every everyone had to get out of bed early on Sunday, and they put everyone's butt to work on this one, and they're still doing it. So. Uh, it's not going to be holding back. So notice it's got the LGBT nightclub. Of course, this is a big deal here. Now, also, the shooting at the nightclub comes at the same time that there's a series of national celebrations that mark LGBT Pride Month. And that's where the money comes in. All around the country in these cities where they're going to have these Gay pride events, they're going to have increased security. They name, I mean, there's no one that's not going to be there. Gary, take out the Zoom. I think the Zoom caused you to go too far in, and now we're not getting the whole slide. Let me try that. There to view it and take out, you know, the Zoom. Just go back to whatever's normal. Let me see. I think I can go smaller. Okay. Yeah, no smaller. The wrong way. I'll get it. All right, we got it. Well, I think it also says it also says normal at the top. Yeah, I suppose that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. So, all right. So this is where the money comes in. That the FBI, the CIA, the local police departments, the state and federal agencies are all in on making sure that these gay pride activities go on with with no terrorism so it's just amazing how how the money just completely rolls in on that you see all right so now what triggered the whole event all right we have a radicalized islamic lone wolf inspired guy who saw two guys kissing and he just could not stand it any longer and he just had to do something about it. 
that these two men were kissing. So he went and he got his gun. Now, this reinforces the point I made before. How can Hillary be so welcoming of Muslims when Muslims uh, uh, think that that lesbians and gays should be put to death and at the same time wanting to foster lesbians and gays? I mean, it seems to me that there's a contradiction here at the core of her position. And she's got to be called out on it. I mean, when it's uh, so important within Islam uh, that, that homosexuality be condemned even to death, yeah, yeah. I also want to point out, Jim, you're a big 9-11 guy. Whenever you see a 2 9 9 plus 2 is 11. That's a 9-11 right there. So anytime you hear 29, it's 9-11. See how Omar Mateen was 29 years old in yeah. there? So 29. 9 plus 2 is 11. 9-11. Okay, so... This guy decided to just, okay, this guy decided to just mow down an entire club because he saw two men kissing is the, is the story. Now, um. Well, we're also getting a lot of stories about this guy supposed to be, uh, you know, mentally unbalanced, bipolar or something like that. I don't know if you can fix that slide, Gary. You need to kind of pull it down so we can actually see the image because it's not. Yeah. But I mean. If there are people who have psychological problems, how would they justify banning guns? Are we all supposed to be denied access to weapons because some people are are are, are not competent to have them? I guess so. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Um... I know. I know. You're trying to fix the slide. Yeah. All right, so there also this is another tweet saying that there, there was another there controlled explosion at the scene of the shooting. Can you move it further down? I'm sorry? You started, you started to move it down so we could actually see the image. Can you can you fix that? Let me see. Yeah, we better get it. Is that better? Gary, we're only seeing the bottom half of his face. We're seeing his lips. Yeah, but that's the, the way that picture is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's just, it's just trying to see where it says. See, to the right of the screen, I can't see past controlled, but I know what it says. It says controlled explosion at the scene was used, and it was designed to to distract the shooter who was barricaded for three hours in a bathroom. And uh, another thing about this event, Jim, is that it seems to be a media, social media-driven event. Most of the the information that, that that came forward was through Facebook tweeting, mothers tweeting their sons saying, "I'm gonna die, please pray for me." So, all right. So, I guess we've established enough about the controlled explosion thing. Now, next we have this is Christina Grimmie, the voice contestant, and I just wanted to show how they have to have the triangle in there, and the name of her band is Before You Exit. And this, this young lady was murdered only the day before, uh, just a few miles from here. So I just find that a little bit suspicious. What does it mean? I don't know if it means anything at all, but it sure seems highly, highly suspicious to me. So, all right. Here comes the fun part. 
<sighs> here we go. Now, this guy here is the only witness that was reported on the radio the entire day of the event. All right? So come to find out, he's, he's going by the name Christopher Hansen, but his real name is Andrew Bowser. All right? So here's the only guy being interviewed that said he saw all the carnage and was there and heard everything. But then when I take my thing, guess what? He happened to be at a car crash that went, that crashed into Arby's and he starts rapping here during this. Uh, this is a really strange case, Gary. Yeah. So here he is. Now you just take a good look. I've already did all the facial stuff. All right, now here he is at an Arby's crash. Now, he's dressed in the next picture as a Satanist. All right. And this is when they were in Detroit and they were unveiling a picture of the devil. Or um, I, I can't really. The uh, goat head when they're like that with the moon on each side. It's, I can't remember the name right now. But it's a real evil statue. That's always associated with Satanism. So here he is in the controversy saying that he believes that the statue that symbolizes Satan is a great idea. All right. Now, let's not forget that this is the Orlando only witness the entire day. Now, we're going to the next picture. I hope that it's all clicking in there right. There's our boy. Looks like he's at a night at the opera to me. Gary, this is completely bizarre. This witness is all over the place. We're not it, finished yet. <laughs> I mean, this is really, really weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's your take on, what's your bottom line on this guy? Well, he's an actor. He has his own website. He has his own YouTube channel. It's called Andrew Bowser. You can go to it right now after the show, and, and that's what he's doing. He's um he he's an actor. It's it's clear as daylight. He has his own website. He he's acts in lots of things. Okay, he acts in Arby's crash um, drills or whatever they were doing there. All right, now the next thing. He's over here at it's called Warcraft. These are like gamer type games, and he's all dressed in the part because he's such a gamer. And, and he likes to play Warcraft so much that he shows up at the conventions dressed like that. So, and then of course, if you look by his mouth, they, they had to have the triangle. It just cannot help it. Okay. Just triangle. Yeah. On the microphone. See it? Oh yeah, sure. I do. All right. So we got something blocking, you know, much of each of these images, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So, um, let me see if I can click off of it. Well, anyway. Yeah, you started. It, it flickered there. I don't know what you did, but it flickered. I'm not sure either. All right, I guess we'll we'll deal with it. All right, now the next thing, there's a show that you can win prizes, and you send in videos. It's called My Pet's Got Talent. All right, so here he is. He's got what his dog. What do they have? These are like singing dogs or something like that? Who knows what that little pooch does? <laughs> That's a little bitty dog. That's he's sure. got his beard shaved, but it's the same guy. 
It's the same guy. I mean, he, he makes no bones that he's an actor, and he's in a lot of stuff. In fact, if Chance can roll the video, wait, wait, let me let me do this one first. Are y'all ready? Is everyone sitting down? All right, here we go. Here he is in a bunny outfit. This verge is on, on the absurd. And, and it's, see, it's easy to forget that this guy was the only witness that I – see, I'm at my camp in Bay St. Louis. I, I don't have television. I was only listening to the radio throughout the day, and this was the only witness. This man here in the bunny outfit. Okay? So now the next thing you know, I mean, what do you say about a guy in a bunny outfit? All right. Now he decided that he wanted to be a rapper and he made a video and became the number one rapper for guess who? The Washington Capitals hockey team. And we've got a picture of him dancing. So, Chance, can you play that video? You there, Chance? All right. Class is now in session. Everyone get seated. Take out your history books. Oh, which history book? It's the one titled, The best team to ever play the sport of hockey is the Washington Capitals. Now, if you can go ahead and open up to Chapter 1, we can get started. I'm here to walk you through a little bit about the past, present, and the future of the best team to ever play the sport of hockey, the Washington Capitals. The year was 1974. They were almost called Cosmos. Lucky for us, they were because we all know that the name blows. They played like crap, almost fell through the cracks until Lake took the reins and he yelled. With players like Mike Gardner and Langway, comma, Rod. Secretary of Defense won many an award. Gardner had that mustache which the ladies love so dear. And walking through these streets, I can almost hear the this is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! And now it's time to dominate and cut the ass and not the slack! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! You know talking about the team, not a limit or a niche! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! And now it's time to dominate and cut the ice and not the slack! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! This is the year we take the cup, that's an ice cold hard fact! Dale Hunter was the captain of the team! He was tough as nails! He was lean! He was mean! With Olaf and Callie and Bondra makes him scream! The Nets attacked by a force that seems unseen! Now we're all on Oli's back and we're so close to the dream! Up against Detroit and an empty net is seen! Will Essa make the goal or will our hopes tear at the seams? You all know how it ends and you all know what I mean! When I say this year we take it to extreme when I say this year the red will be unleashed! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! And now it's time to dominate and cut the ice and not the slack! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! We are the doctors of victory, give us 10 cc's of winning! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! And now it's time to dominate and cut the ice and not the slack! This is the cap trap! This is the cap trap! This year the Stanley Cup is ours, that's a nice cold hard fact! He owns his the team and at first we didn't like him. He had a fire sale and all the fans were frightened. He got us Ovi, got us Green, 06 Marley, and Backstrom. Rebuild is done, it's time to win, now get out and attack him. And brown and black, but red and blue fired Hinlin and got blue through from last to first. Oh, what a coup and I it is what we do. Now I just have one question for you. How many Gwins can Ovechkin eat if Ovechkin could eat Gwins? How many Gwins can Ovechkin eat if Ovechkin could eat Gwins? I eat 
Penguins for breakfast, lunch, dinner. But I don't gain no weight, I just keep getting thinner. Those penguins are deficient in vitamins you need to have strength, agility, stamina, and speed. But they are overflowing with vitamins that provide glands in our eyes with the ability to cry. Penguins cry so much, they're called cry baby. I eat so many penguins. I think I've got Queen Raby. Ovechkin is the king. He is Russian machine. With seven like and Bradley, we've never been so mean. Canoeble, fair and flash, Deckle, Alsner, what a team. Could this be the cat's here? Let me hear you scream. This is the cat's rap. This is the cat's rap. And now it's time to dominate and cut the ice and slap. This is the cat's rap. This is the cat's rap. This is the year we go see Stanley. We're coming for you, Stanley. We're gonna go see Stanley. Bring a shiny silver cup back. One, you're good. All right. We weren't able to see it there, but I tell you what, that is about as bizarre as it gets. Well, almost, well, maybe as bizarre as the guy in the bunny outfit. It's just um, unbelievable. All right, so we're going to go on to our next picture here. And might be a little difficult to see, but we've got the Orlando police cars. And if you look straight between them, there's a guy with a white shirt. And there's our boy putting on a, a bandana tourniquet. And if you notice throughout this event, Jim, everyone only gets shot in the leg. No one else gets shot anywhere else. We have complete absence of any ambulances, gurneys. There are no gurneys going on whatsoever. You'll notice that in a little while. So here he is. If you can see him, he's got his hat, and um, there's a guy laying on his back. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the guy on his back's on his cell phone. So they were uh, only shot in their legs. Everyone that I saw, these, these are the alleged survivors, right? Clearly, I mean, the dead presumably would have been shot other places. Well, the, the videos—they're actually the kids are taking the children out by themselves. There's thousands and thousands of police cars, but it's kids doing all the carrying of the wounded. That's what's, see, that's a very, very bizarre thing that, um, children of a nightclub would be doing all of the EMT work. And I've got video of that or clips for that coming up. So, um, all right. So then the next thing, you know, this isn't the clearest picture, but these are all EMTs standing around and it's a little difficult to see, but he's to the left walking this way. And he's got an American flag T-shirt on. So he's milling around the wounded and the dead. And the first thing that happens in these events is that they take all citizens out. All just regular people cannot mill around like that. I noticed that image came from Russia today, not from any American news source, Gary. No, no, this guy's in all of them. He, he's in there. No, uh, no, no. The point I'm making is... Oh, you're saying that even American news outlets yeah. are also revealing. Oh, yeah, this is already available. Yeah. If anybody's been watching TV, they're using pretty much the same pictures is in there. So that's just complete against all rules to, to have a, a civilian like that milling around. And he's also helped someone else. So he's helping many people. But my, my main point, our guy with the bunny suit was the number one witness and the only witness I heard on WWL radio, 50,000-watt um, CBS radio station. All right. All right, so going to move on. Um, is it, if it's okay to skip a few pictures, I'm going to do that. 
Well, Gary, I, I don't know. I, there, there might be something there we, we, we need to see. It's up, it's up, up to you. Okay. This, I, is, this, one, this one's real easy. All right. This is the lady, one of the newscasts, who's, if I'm not mistaken, Jim, she's in the middle of the highway. She's in the middle of the street giving a news report. So you can see the brown building behind her, and supposedly the pulse is way in the back with the little gray sign. Now, the next thing you know, there's this lady screaming that her son was in the pulse, and he, she doesn't know if he's dead or alive, and she's in the same street. Now, I would say it's okay if everything's roped off, but there's a car behind her. So you can't be in the middle of the highway here. So it appears it's their sa- the same green screen. If I'm not mistaken, this is the mother who claims she was tweeted at 2 a.m., uh, you know, by her son who was in the bathroom and asked her to call the police. I mean, look, if you got a cell phone and something's going on, why wouldn't you call the police? Why would you call your mother and ask her to call the police? I mean, that's he, ridiculous. He, it's the, the, the award for the worst actress of all time. And if Chance, if you can play that one, it's the, um, it's probably the shortest. It's probably a five minute video, I think. I've got uh I've got two others, Gary. One's called Orlando Orlando Gay Club Shooting is a hoax and another one called Witnesses Described Horror Inside Orlando yeah, Club. The first one. Yeah, play the first one. The first one? Okay. It's rolling. All right, Shalom. I'm gonna give up to you how about shooting y'all shine. Give a double honor to the elders. A special salutation to the brothers without teaching the truth sincerely. Uh, I just want to put this up real quick because I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing a lot of people putting up videos, and uh, I just wanted to point out this is just another psyop, just like um, it's just another hoax, just like Sandy Hook. Uh, this is just an attempt, you know, for them to do their little order out of chaos, and um, basically, uh, basically trying to use this as a way to push more gay rights. And at the same time, uses it as a as a tool to take people's uh, assault assault weapons away from them. All right. So look at this look at this fake ass video. Club last night. Yes, he was. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything. I've been here since four o'clock in the morning. I've been waiting. I've waiting by the emergency room. See if anybody gets called in. What is your son's full name? My son is Christopher Leinenen. <laughs> Christopher Leinenen. When? What have the police been able to tell you? Well, they said there's a lot of dead bodies at the club. <laughs> That's a crime scene. They can't identify anybody. So it could be hours and hours before we find out. The hospital said that there are some bodies at the hospital that came in and they died. And they're not identifiable yet either. And then there are a few that are in critical condition that aren't identified yet. No tears. Christine, I, I, I'm so sorry. At all. 
were, were you able to have any kind of communication with your son last night at all? Any text messages, any phone shit. calls? No, I called him last night at 6 o'clock. No tears. He was at SeaWorld. And I was just giving him some information that he was going to need to know for my upcoming surgery. <laughs> and I left him with, I love you, Chris. <laughs> and then I just no happened tears. to wake up at 3 o'clock. She been crying for two minutes. And I was checking my Facebook, and I saw that one of Christopher's friends, Brandon, had posted on Facebook that there was a shooting at the Pulse, and he doesn't know where his friends were. So I texted him and called him and came right, right here to the hospital. And we've been waiting since four this morning. Well, Christine. His friend Brandon was in the club at the time of the shooting. Anybody could tell this is fake, man. Christine, we are praying he told with you. Me that Go ahead. He told me that he had just happened to be in the bathroom and he heard multi multiple gunshots. And he was able to run out the front door. And while he was standing by the club door and the ambulances were coming in, he saw that my son's boyfriend had multiple gunshots and was being taken by the ambulance. But he never saw Christopher come out. And we haven't been able to call him or text him. Well, we're going to do everything we can to help find him as well, Christine. We're praying with you. We feel so badly. Well, listen to this right here. You. Thank you for Watch sharing this. what you knew with us this morning. I just wanted to say, though, that this is a club that nobody wants to be in. And please, could we do something with the assault weapons you see that? so that we could stop this club from ever getting any new members <laughs> so you see that man <laughs> this is a quick one man this is a, this whole thing is a host man so like the scriptures say man be wise as a serpent man you know and we're not ignorant of these devices this whole thing is a joke all right with that i'm uh close out on this one shallow all right i would like to nominate that lady to surpass gene rosen as the sorriest actor of all time at least she was smart enough to put glasses on so you couldn't tell that she was not crying but she did put the old um tissue under her eyes to make it appear like she was crying so that one's really bad and okay jim there at the bottom it says 50 dead 53 injured there's your 13 right there jump in any time with the numbers there chance so all right we're gonna move on and don't forget about the green screen between her and her, they both seem to be standing in the highway with cars going by. So that's bizarre enough by itself. Okay, on to another actor, Luis Burbano. All right, now if you look right underneath his name, 
Uh, it, it looks like it says actor to me. All right. So on CNN, breaking news, 50 dead, 53 injured. And there's our boy right there. Oh, Lewis. And of course we got all the purple. A lot of people are saying they're on these false flags. They put a lot of purple in a lot of the, uh, News anchor wear purple these days. So there's our boy. And um, we'll show you one more shot of him. Right here. There's his headshots. So Mr. Lewis is confirmed an actor. Barbano, Lewis Barbano. And, uh, once again, he was on CNN. Reporting as being a witness to the to the uh, mass slaughter that went on, and um, here's his headshots. You can go on his YouTube channel. He's uh, far higher, and uh, seemed to land at a pretty good gig here. So, anything about say about that, Doctor Fetcher, as far as being an actor? Well, <laughs> Gary, it's just the whole thing is just dumbfounding. Yeah. All right, so here's the biggest telling picture to, in my mind coming up right here. Now, let's look in the background. How many police cars do we freaking see? 9,000? I think you nailed it right earlier when you said there were about 50 police cars, but it seems to be a noticeable dearth of ambulances where you need a, a massive string of ambulances here. But it appears that, uh, you know, we didn't have a surge of ambulances or EMTs at Sandy Hook. We didn't have a surge of ambulances or EMTs at the Boston bombing. We don't have a surge of ambulances or EMTs here in Orlando. I think it's because that would be diverting bona fide medical resources away from those who might possibly need them at the time. And it's probably a, a violation of laws whereas faking these events apparently is not since the nullification of the Smith-Munt Act of 1948 that precluded the CIA from using the same techniques of disinformation and propaganda within the United States that it's been using without. All right. Um, they actually cropped this picture, and I caught it right before. If you notice, the guy that they're carrying, now these are nightclub goers. Now, wh why are these police cars so far away? And these are the ones doing the rescuing. Now, notice the guy with the blue hat. He's got pink shoes on or pink socks. They actually let him down, and he starts walking on his own. So he supposedly has a bullet to the leg, and he's got a bandana. Just a sorry. Let me see if I can find the bandana real quick. There it is. Now, once again, we have the bandana on Dr. Fetzer where it's not applying any pressure to the leg. And once again, everybody that got shot, he only went for the Every picture that I've come across was uh, someone that was shot in the leg. In fact, that's our guy there with the pink boots. The, this picture here, they're they're sitting him down. See how he's almost standing up? Right. Wearing the pink back boots, yeah. He starts walking by himself. But the main thing is, look, you've got a trooper just standing there with his big um, Mount, Canadian Mounties hat on and we've got all these cops and it's children. I mean, I consider them children. If 
you go into nightclubs till four in the morning, you gotta be a kid. And, um, now once again, they just have to do it, Jim. So they're carrying this other guy. I can't see any blood whatsoever. Um, I don't see him in any pain, but of course they have to throw in the triangle on the t-shirt, right? They just have to do it. I don't know why, but that's the, um, they insert these triangles, pyramids, and well, all. Another KNAP people who obviously aren't hurt to make it fake as though they were hurt, but they're giving themselves away. I think they like to rub it in our. To be quite honest with you, just blatant these are. So, all right, Doctor Fetzer, you're telling me you're a former Marine, is that correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, this is part of the story that a. I guess it was a police officer or a first responder that got shot in the head. And there's the bullet hole right in the center. Now, does that make sense to you that that helmet would be beat up like that? Or does it look like someone to you beat it with a hammer and then knocked a hole in it? Gary, I can't quite tell. And is that supposed to simulate a bullet hole? Yeah, there's a hole right there, but then there's all this damage. It looks more like it was like bent up with a hammer or something like that. But you can see the hole right there. See if I can make it a little bigger. Can you see that better? Yeah. I can go up a little more. Well, I think this is a helmet liner. This doesn't look like a real helmet. I don't know. It looks like a helmet liner, more one that, something that goes inside. Yeah, it saves the life of the uh, person wearing it. Is uh, so Alleg- the story. allegedly, allegedly, yeah. allegedly. So the story goes. Okay. Um, the another big talking point of the story is that this guy was able to get guns legally and with no um, repercussions whatsoever, and and something has to be done about this. And from what I understand, he was a security guard and had clearance. Yeah. Yeah, he had, uh, he had multiple permits. He was, uh, two licenses to carry firearms in Florida, class D license given to security guards and a class G license, which is both were to expire in September 2017. But, But what I don't get about this guy, Gary, is they talk about the FBI having him on the radar, that they'd actually interviewed him, all that, uh, that he had these firearms and so forth. I mean, in, in today's surveillance society, when they know virtually everything everyone is doing all the time, how could they have missed this guy? I mean, and, what, and what's the point of Hillary going on a campaign to ban assault rifles? I mean, it doesn't seem to me this case makes uh, supports that whatsoever. On the contrary, as the former Israeli ambassador suggested, and the IDF expert, anti-terrorism expert, if more people had guns, this guy wouldn't have been able to shoot so many. Well, Trump did mention that, so uh, I'm not sure what to think of that. And also, when I hear politicians say that, that someone else must say radical Islamic terrorism, I, that's just a huge false flag, a huge, huge red flag to me to where they're bending what they're saying to, uh, you know, the mighty Israel is the way now, I see that. Now, did you say you had another video about faking the Orlando shooting? 
Yeah, we have a, a, um, one more video. It's, it's two of the witnesses, and it's actually a black lady saying that she got all of her information from texting back and forth to her son. It's what she's saying in there. And there's also another witness there. So if you want to play that, we can do that. We just have a couple more slides. Uh, Fox News nightclub massacre now continues. You know, for three hours, as Omar Martin held hostages, and now the survivors are describing the horror inside the nightclub during the horrendous attack. Brian Yenis in our New York City newsroom with more details. Hi, Brian. Hi, Eric. Well, today is about the survivors and the victims. And for many parents, families, and friends, the nightmare today continues to unfold. Victims fighting for their lives in area hospitals, others hoping against hope. Their missing loved ones are not among the at least 50 dead. And the night began as Latin night at Pulse Orlando Gay Nightclub when at 2.02 a.m., the suspect, 29-year-old Omar Mateen, shot at a police officer at the front door before firing at the crowd inside with more than 300 people inside the club, including Christopher Hansen, who crawled out alive. The person I was with was shot in the back. Uh, I had to take my bandana off and tie it up, put it in, in the bullet hole that was in his back so that he wasn't bleeding because he was bleeding so bad his whole pant leg was red and it was still, it was so, it was so soaked. It was just, my hands were just covered and I didn't know what to do but just stand there and tell him to be strong. On Facebook, Pulse Nightclub posting shortly after 2 a.m., everyone get out of Pulse and keep running. Over the next three hours, gunfire can be heard as police and ambulances rush to the scene. Right now we have active fire shots outside. Oh my God, people are getting shot, dude. Oh my God, dude. The gunman taking 30 hostages before the SWAT team barged in, killing the gunman and saving lives. But outside the club, relatives horrifically waited on word from their loved ones. Mina Justice was trying to contact her 30-year-old son, Eddie. He told her he ran into the bathroom to hide and texted her. He's coming, he said. He has us, and he's in here with us, he texted. He was shot? We don't know. He's in the women's bathroom with the hostage. He's hostage from the shooter. How did you find out? He was texting me and called me. What did he tell you exactly? That the shooter has them in the women's bathroom hostage, and he's going to die. She and other families are still awaiting word on their loved ones, and the city of Orlando has released the names of the first victims who have been positively identified and whose next of kin have been notified. Those victims are Edward Sotomayor Jr., Stanley Almadovar III, Luis Omar Orcasio Capo, Juan Ramon Guerrero. Of course, the horrific reality is that list will grow longer and longer as the day progresses, and the list will be updated at cityoforlando.net forward slash victim. You can continue to go there. Those names. Eric? The nation's hearts and prayers press hours at this hour are with them and their families. Thank you, Brian. This particular false flag is, it's been done differently because almost all of the evidence was put forth through social media. So I, I found it incredibly bizarre to have that black lady saying that, um, well, her son texted her and saying, I'm going to die. The guy's coming in the room. And then she says, well, call the police. He said, <laughs> and then so all the information between the witnesses went on through texting and uh, social media and things like that. And, uh, of course, they have the, 
the websites already set up to donate to all the victims who would, it appears. Jim, um, I just can't find any blood on the scene. I can't see. What, what report I had, Gary, was that the, when the cameras came up to the door, that the police closed it, but that uh, it may have been you reporting this to me, that you thought you saw dummies on the floor. This is what we seem to have had at the Bataclan in Paris, that there were dummies being used here to simulate bodies, but in fact, they weren't authentic. There was, there was blood that was sort of mapped into um, a pattern that we now believe was supposed to be Brussels, you know, the, the, an abstract. Yeah, this, this picture here that didn't come out clear, there is a little dummy laying on the ground, and he's just EMTs milling around. And, and nobody's hurt. And then we have our guy with the American shirt on, uh, American flag shirt. So this is the picture. So I can confirm that there was dummies laying on the ground. Well, remember the principle, fraud vitiates everything. Uh, that's a principle under the law that if in a, in a court case, any aspect, any material aspect of a case turns out to be fraudulent, it wipes out the entire case. So, I mean, if you apply that principle here, it's like why we find, you know, the fake staging of the of the evacuation of the children at Sandy Hook that vitiates everything. When we find three different amputee actors playing the role of Jeff Bauman, that vitiates everything. When you find these cases, it wipes out the whole case. It's all tainted from the discovery of a, a, a single major form of discrepancy. They're pushing this one very, very hard, and... Uh... They're trying to divide us in every way, and I'm not really sure what to make of this transgender movement. It just seems to be uh, crammed down our throat. In, in New Orleans, we've got so many uh, months to comply that every school that a person can go into whatever restroom they want to depend on what gender they, verif they uh, identify with. So it's just total insanity here. You, you think that Carnival season was over last Mardi Gras, but this particular Orlando event seems to be carnival time all over again. Gary, if you've covered all your slides, I want to go back to this uh, very interesting initial analysis about about the Orlando bombing and see if, it, if you agree with the other points. This is on the website, Not All There Is. Initial analysis, fake Orlando shooting is a psyop. Uh, let me add some more thoughts. After about the the, the AR-15, here, here, here's one. Uh, also consider that this is Orlando in June. It's hot and humid, daily high temperatures above 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Most of the club patrons seen in video and photo images are wearing shorts and T-shirts. If you do an image search on pictures taken inside the club or any gay club, particularly ones that call themselves the hottest gay club, you will see that many men are gallivanting around nearly naked. Again, how did this guy sneak in an AR-15, a handgun, and enough ammo to shoot over 100 people without being noticed? Was he wearing an overcoat? I mean, I've seen photos where they had a security guy patting people down when they were coming in. It seems very, very odd. I know. In, in Dallas, Texas, at the conference last year, after 7 p.m., everyone had to go through a metal detector. And I'm more than certain that that's the way it was at this club. It, before you walked into that club, you had to be 
searched and patted down and going through a metal detector. So this is a gun-free zone. So it's as though they want to pretend that the actual measures that have been taken to enhance safety and security don't even exist. Well, if you patted everyone down, then how in the hell did someone get in there with an assault rifle if everyone's patted down at the door? That's what makes it even more and more ridiculous. Here are some more, uh, some more of his observations, which I think are extremely good. Another ridiculous and unbelievable aspect of this story is that the gunman supposedly called 911 before the shooting to declare his loyalty to ISIS. Why? To ruin the element of surprise? which, as I have just pointed out, would have been vital to pulling off the shooting so effectively? What is the point of telling a 911 operator such a thing? This is another commonality with other fake shootings, including the Texas Draw Mohammed cartoon contest fakery and the, the San Bernardino hoax. With all this Facebooking and texting going on, did anyone in the club have the presence of mind to simply use the camera on their phone to record what was happening? And if they did, will we see any of that footage? Or how about some security camera footage? Will any of it be absolutely incontrovertible? Or will it be grainy, black and white images showing nothing in particular? Or will they use footage from a totally different past event as we got in the fake Belgium attacks? I mean, Gary, it's really uh, such a problem here starting out and why we can't take anything for granted. Here's more. I have only seen a few videos of supposed club patrons and devastated parents. Like all other fake shootings, there are a few, if any, genuine tears, horrible acting, and lots of calls for gun control laws. Who goes out of their way to go on TV and rant about gun laws and government action hours after a loved one has been killed? The club was a gun-free zone. The gunman is said to have obtained his guns legally. So why call for more of what doesn't prevent shootings in the first place? And why focus on guns rather than person who did the killing? The gunman could have just as easily strapped on a bomb vest or started a fire in the club to achieve his goal of mass casualties. The point is not the guns. It's the killing of as many people as possible. The method of killing is not important. The intent of the act is what matters. Yet everyone from Obama on down is avoiding criticism of Islam or of radical Muslims, and instead repeating the same tired canard that guns, not people, cause violence. That and getting rid of guns will make us safer. If that's the case, Mr. President, why don't you take the lead and get rid of the Secret Service, Air Force One, your armored limo, and all your other protections. If guns make us less safe, why is Obama constantly surrounded by them? I think those are just excellent observations that this whole Thing was a political stunt intended to promote gun control and compassion for gays, lesbians, and, le and, and lesbians, where Hillary is preeminently the one who wants to secure their support and is advancing the gun control agenda. Absolutely. And uh, the FBI informed us today on CNN that the ban on assault weapons will reach the Supreme Court because of this event, that they're certain because of this event, they're going to finally be able to get the ban on assault weapons issue to the Supreme Court. So it's, it's multifaceted in every which way. And something else we um, forgot to talk about is that he tried to purchase body armor, which is 
supposedly a big red flag. So if, if the guy was on the terror watch list and he's trying to buy strange body armor, then you're supposed to be able to stop this guy. And then here's, here's some more. The timing of this event is also suspicious. Sunday in America means everyone will be glued to their television sets from morning to night, watching all the programming on this event. This maximizes everyone's exposure to the messaging and propaganda of the corporate media, which is being presented in the guise of news coverage. The use of chrome, chroma key effects and real-time face capture technologies mean you cannot trust a single thing you see on television. There's practically no way to determine whether what you are watching is real or fake. Just because you saw it on the news is no way, shape, or form proof that something actually happened. We're being lied to and manipulated on a grand scale. And that was, of course, part of my purpose in reminding us about the Sandy Hook shooting hoax and the Boston bombing, uh, marathon bombing fraud. I mean, it's just appalling, Gary. And you were so very astute to discover number three, Jeff Bowen. Another aim of this staged event appears to be a, a furthering of cognitive dissonance in the American mindscape. Everyone from Obama to Florida Representative Alec Grayson is downplaying the reports that the shooter was a Muslim American who pledged himself to ISIS. This is not a Muslim terrorist attack. Rather, it is all about hate. We should embrace Muslim immigrants to refuse would be racist and accept Middle Eastern and North American Muslim refugees in our communities. Otherwise, we are racist. We don't need to worry about Islam or religion of peace, but rather we need to stamp out the hate and intolerance of racist. Anti-racist is a code word for anti-white. Hate is an emotion, a very useful one, in fact, and like terror, impossible to eliminate. I think those are all really excellent points. Yeah, dead on in every way. Despite despite the fact that the U.S. government launched an endless global war on terrorism on September 12, 2001, a war specifically targeting Muslim countries, we're supposed to believe it's illogical to assume that just because the alleged shooter was a son of an Afghan Ghani immigrant and called 911 before the shooting to pledge his loyalty to ISIS, the attack was ideological in nature. So what are we supposed to think? The past, For the past 15 years, we have been conditioned to be afraid of the Muslims. No, wait, they are not our enemy. Muslim is a, re- Muslim is a religion of peace, but also involves the subjugation of women and beheadings. They are just like us. But if we can't do it as they say and adhere to Sharia law, we are infidels who deserve death. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. I think this is getting to the core of the matter where we have the president of the United States simply obfuscating, lying, deceiving the American people. Of course, he's done that even about his own personal history and his actual birth, which appears to have been in Kenya, based upon my own research. You cannot maintain opposing thoughts in your head without your critical thinking and rational functions becoming impaired by pushing the hate narrative reinforced with images and testimonies aimed at invoking emotional reactions. We are easily duped and convinced to believe in lies. Watching television itself, uh, it it changes the way our brains function. Short-circuiting the critical faculties and leaving us open and impressionable, particularly to strong emotional content. TV is a weapon of mass delusion. I think we've seen it at Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing. 
my initial analysis leads me to believe this event was staged. Even if people did actually die, it was not at the hands of a hate-filled lone gunman. Rather, it surely must have been a team of paramilitary mercenaries, a well-trained hit squad executing a carefully pre-planned crime. Either scenario is plausible, but the story the media is putting out stinks of pure bullshit. It would be so easy to stage this event. Imagine someone from the FBI approaches the club owner and key influences in the Orlando gay community telling them something like, how would you like to participate in an event that will make the community safer by tightening gun control and creating sympathy and support for gay and allowing drama queens to have their 15 minutes of fame and gratuitously indulge in this pathologically narcissistic behavior they so dearly love. The end justifies the means. Sure, you're going to have to tell a few lies and fake a few tears, but the end result is we're guns out of filled conservative white people while heaping hate on them and making the gay community into martyrs and heroes, which will further the acceptance of the gay lifestyle, uh, die cisgender scum. It's a win-win. Alternatively, maybe people did die in this event. Maybe they were sacrificed for broadly the same reasons I have presented again above. Maybe this ongoing gun control psyop is being ratcheted up with real murders. Add to the mix the continued demonization of radicalized people motivated by hate, which creates more fuel for the fire in which they are trying to burn down and destroy freedom of speech, First Amendment, and a free and open Internet. I don't think there's any doubt that this Internet thing is also an aspect of it and that Hillary is starting to campaign on it, Gary. Let me just observe that if we take uh, our guns are taken from us, we'll be defenseless in, in the face of, of, of roaming uh, gangs who want to rape and loot and pillage after a nuclear attack were to take out Washington and New York City. There are major efforts here to bring that about. Hillary is one of the principal proponents as a neocon. And there are plenty others in the Obama administration willing to assist her. Let me take the few minutes that remain to just mention that we are conducting a uh, a fundraiser here at uh, uh, NBC in order to obtain new equipment for Chance, so he'll have more resistance against the constant attacks that he has been under. Some days returning home to discover his entire setup has been wiped out. He's had to re install everything. While he has backups, it takes a lot of time to do it, and we'd be far more effective if it were possible to simply install higher-grade equipment that'll make it more difficult for us to suffer attacks. Chance has been doing a brilliant job with NBC. I'm very proud to be a part of it, and I believe Chance has a, 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 a something he'd like to show now here for the end. Meanwhile, let me thank Gary King for his presentation on the the uh, Orlando stage event and where Gary is going to fix the slide so that when we post the final version, that they'll be much, much easier to see and to follow. Uh, thanks to him and to Chance. And we conclude by turning the show over to him. All right, I just wanted to... Uh mention a big thank you to the two people who have already donated live while we were on air 
And uh, I'm just going to play this uh, very short little uh, clip that Jim was able to record for us earlier on tonight. And uh, all of the links will be posted directly below all of this on YouTube. And it's all up on the Media Broadcasting Center com as well so here's that short clip and thanks to everyone who's participated and everyone who will be in the future thanks to god jim Since Chance invited me to join NBC and present video shows, I've been extremely impressed with his competence and professionalism, show after show after show, where we have been covering the most important issues of our time with the best experts available for your benefit and my edification as well. I've learned a great deal through these programs and we must be having some success because the constant harassment and attacks that Chance has experienced right here on NBC are a backward compliment that we are making a difference. In order to continue to persevere, we need your help. We need new equipment, a new server, new computer. We can do it. We're not talking about a large sum of money. But anything you can contribute would be a tremendous help. And I'm going to reach into my pocketbook, too, to help with this most worthy effort. Thank you very much for any contribution you're able to make. <laughs>